strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score! Touchdown! Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's gonna be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! No wolf. We're not gonna start by talking about the weather and yeah. the Arctic temperatures in the AZ because that would mean that we have basically nothing to talk about, and that definitely is not the case we know how you do in the cold Polly. not after the cardinals um well they definitely had a case of the mondays if you will against the rams <laughs> a monday night football loss that basically said you know what welcome back nfc into that playoff chase for home field and the number one overall seed because Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and the Cardinals are all now 10-3, and and they have a one-game lead over two other contenders in the Rams and the Dallas Cowboys. And what did it do? It just fed the talk shows, did it not, because everybody's looking for a reason. You know, gotcha moment, right? The, the, The moment where they say, like, like those Chirons read at the bottom of the screen on Tuesday morning. Did the Rams expose the Cardinals? <laughs> Are the Cardinals in the same yes. class as the yes. Packers and the Buccaneers? Well, as J.J. Watt tweeted out, and I quote, When you say that something is impossible, you have made it impossible. You know who he's quoting there in that tweet? Who? Bruce Lee. Oh, that's pretty that? good right there, Bully. So there you go. Bruce Lee, he'd take you down, would he not? Probably choke you out in a heartbeat as well, Polly. Uh, I'm including myself in that. Uh, Paul, can I just say right now that, honestly, yes, uh, they're in the pack. There's no doubt about it. 11-2 and two is not 10-3. and three. And, and we all know that you would rather the Cardinals were 11-2 and two on top in the NFC. But you know what, Polly? I mean, this is the way it's supposed to be. It's it's hard, man. It's hard to win games. What I have loved to see them go to eleven and two, no doubt about that. But Paul, they're ten and three right now, and this is where you got to brawl. You got four games. You got a four game stretch right now to make a run. And I know these guys in the locker room, man. You know them better than I do, even Paulie. You know these guys are going to come out and start swinging. Well. <laughs> They're back in the pack again, yep. and now all of a sudden, uh, not only do they have a three-game home losing streak, but they just lost DeAndre Hopkins yep. for the remainder of the season. And we'll see exactly what happens. A.J. Green telling us today, the media, that he has surgery scheduled real soon in the next 24 hours in L.A. That's where D-Hop is. A.J. Green spoke to him, said he's in good spirits. But it's not good when you lose your number one receiver. And Kyler Murray earlier today with the media talking about the headline, D-Hop is out. You know, that's a big hit. You know, that's a, you know, a guy we all love and trust. Um, you know, this is a, it's a long season. And, you know, not all the time you're going to make it to the end with, uh, you know, your full army. So uh, we just got to have, you know, guys behind them step up. 
obviously, you know, there's a drop off if, you know, DeAndre Hopkins isn't on the field. But at the same time, I'm confident every single guy to step up and uh, make plays because we have that type of talent. Yeah, what the fact you- of the reality, Paulie, is the Arizona Cardinals are not as good today as they were last week. I mean, you just you can't cut it any other way. Winning a Super Bowl just got much more difficult. What is your confidence level that they can still make plays, still move the ball, still be a top-five scoring offense in the NFL? Yeah, you know, that's the interesting proposition right now. Cliff Kingsbury, I think, is going to have to rethink his offense a little bit. Um, you know, listen, D-Hop, you know how I feel about this, Paulie. He brought a lot of order and structure to Cliff's offense and how the defense was going to try to play and stop the Arizona Cardinals offense. Cliff and Kyler, I think, for the most part, they, they, they could almost bank Paulie on the defense trying to take away Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins first. Would you agree with that, Paul? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I mean, every defensive coordinator the Arizona Cardinals faced, then when he came in to stop the Arizona Cardinals offense, that was job one. Job one was to stop the Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins, and now all of a sudden that brought a lot of order for Cliff Kingsbury as a play caller. I've talked about this when we lost DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray earlier in the season. Talked about the effect that it had on Cliff as a play caller. And it had an effect on the quarterback as well. When you have D-Hop out on the field, it brings order and structure because you know the defense is going to try to take away DeAndre Hopkins. Rarely are they going to single him up. And every time we've seen him singled up, guess what? Here comes the ball. He he provides order and structure for a lot of offenses and coordinators and head coaches who call plays. In fact, you're right. Cliff Kingsbury has told us in his weekly TV show game plan that he sees different coverages automatically without D-Hop. They went yes. the month of November without DeAndre Hopkins. So your play caller and your head coach, your game planner, he has to devise a plan accordingly. I asked A.J. Green today in his press conference, you know, how different are the coverages minus D-Hop? Because you played three games without him. And, and he paused, and you might imagine he didn't want to get into too many specifics on the X's and O's, but mm-hmm. he said, he said, I expect us to see more man coverage now yes. because of that. That's going to be the trickle down. And and as for the overall impact of losing D-Hop, and, you know, the news is still raw as you realize, man, he's gone, knee surgery. Here's A.J. Green. We're not going to replace him. You know, you can't replace him. But we also have a, a, a great group of guys in the receiver room that uh, we're just going to rally behind it. You know, we're just not putting pressure on anybody else. We're just going to continue and play our game and, and make plays whenever our number's called. And, uh, you know, we I have confidence in the guys that we have in the room that's going to make those plays when our number's called. But losing D-Hop sucks. And A.J. Green went on a little bit later to say, look, you get into the playoffs and you got to be able to run the ball. So it puts... Yeah that much more of a premium on the Cardinals being a balanced offense. No doubt about it, Paulie, right there. Listen, um, how do you replace DeAndre Hopkins? Guess what? You don't. Nope. <laughs> you just don't do it. You you move on. It's not a next man up mentality because, honestly, there is no next man up that is going to come in and do what DeAndre Hopkins does. So now you've got to figure out a different way. Paulie, does it feel like to you that somehow, some way, Rondell Moore – 
might might suddenly get the opportunity to play a little bit more and actually try to target him even more than what we've seen. Maybe he could come along. Rondell Moore is a big-time playmaker. Now, he's, he doesn't play on the outside. I understand that, where D-Hop plays. But still, maybe you're going to try to target Rondell Moore a little bit. Um, maybe it's Zach Ertz. Again, Zach Ertz working the middle of the field. But if you're going to do that, I honestly think the Arizona Cardinals have got to try to put Kyler Murray under center more. You know me, Paul. I'll continue to say this because they have to run the ball. you got to run the ball in different ways. You can't be predictable when you run the ball with James Conner. And I think sometimes we're starting to see that a little bit right now with defenses and James Conner, especially in short-yarded situations, maybe a little bit too predictable. Maybe put Kyla Murray under center and see what that does as well. A little bit more. Not yeah. talking about all the time, Paul. Just a little bit more. Not to mention, James Conner's had a lot of touches over the past month or so, minus Chase Edmonds. Cliff Kingsbury told us that as well. It's not a bad thing to get him a bit of a break and give some of those carries to Chase Edmonds. The head coach does expect him to play this weekend in Detroit. Uh, The question is, who is not playing because who's on the COVID list? And Rodney Hudson, if you missed it in the last couple hours, uh, reports say that he is on the COVID-19 list for the Cardinals. Now, that's nowhere near what some other teams are dealing with. Yeah. Within the last hour, uh, the Rams had another nine players, so that's 25 total players off the Rams roster on the COVID-19 list. Both Cleveland and Washington have 21 apiece. Oh. So it's um, it's surging. The NFL put in basically 2020 protocols earlier today, and and, and some players are clamoring for some games to be postponed. In particular, Baker Mayfield went on a Twitter rant, and uh, he's wondering why they're even playing that Browns game. But you know how it worked a year ago, Wolf. They got every single game in 256 games scheduled, 256 games played all the way through the Super Bowl. Yeah, no doubt about it, Paulie. It is a different league in December here than it was in September. But having said that, Rodney Hudson not playing Oh. I, that just sucks, buttermilk. Uh, guess what? Uh, it's uh, fortuitous that we have Kelvin Beecham on tonight, is yes. it not? Yes. Don't bury the lead, Calvi. See, Kelvin Beecham, the Cardinals' Walter Payton Man of the Year, is our guest tonight on the Big Red Rage. By the way, episode 11 of Cardinals Folk Tales, entitled Snow Day to Tampa Bay. It premieres next Wednesday on the Cardinals' YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Cardinals. Just like we said off the top of this show, there is plenty to talk about. Kelvin Beecham on the team, where they're going, his award, everything he has going. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. The Arizona Cardinals 2021 Walter Payton Man of the Year Award recipient, Kelvin Beecham. Kelvin, in every market in which he's played throughout his career, has been made a huge impact in those in those markets and back home. He has uh, the broadest range of different interests that I've seen of any player that in my career, and it's it's pretty exciting to see all the different things that he's doing in the community and does off the field. We couldn't be more excited that uh, he is our our 2021 Walter Payton Man of the Year Award recipient. It's Michael Bidwell this week, the Cardinals owner, presenting the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award 
to someone who joins the likes of, uh, oh, I don't know, Wolf, if you want to name drop. How about Kurt Warner, 2008, Larry Fitzgerald, 2016, both NFL men of the year in honor of Walter Payton and current Cardinal J.J. Watt in 2017. And now you have a member of the Cardinals who's in contention, one of 32 finalists because he was just named the Arizona Cardinals, Walter Payton, NFL Man of the Year, and he joins us now, Kelvin Beecham on the Big Red Rage. Kelvin, welcome. Beach. What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Uh, doing fantastic. Really appreciate you joining us right now. This This is a huge honor for you. Talk a little bit about what it means to you to be the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Well, first and foremost, you got to start with Mr. Walter Payton. Mr. Walter Payton. Yes. Um, uh, he led um, both on the field and off the field with grace. Um, it led, you know, many people to to realize just how important it is to be able to give back and use the platform that you have. So, first, we got to make sure that we, we we give honor to that family, the Payton family. I've actually had a chance to meet um, his kids uh, when I was nominated a couple years ago. So. It's special to be in this company again. It's special to be a representative for the partners in this endeavor. And Wolf, all right, now I know you're humble about this, but, you know, take a moment and tell Kelvin about your connection to Walter Payton yeah, himself. Come on, incredible. it's only an hour show, but I, give us I, the I story. Know exactly, Kelvin. You know, um, 1986, I went to the Pro Bowl. And here I am mm-hmm. as a as a special teams player, a wedge buster, going out to the Pro Bowl for the first time. I walk into that NFC locker room, and there is Walter Payton. There is Walter Payton. His locker is right next to mine, Calvin. <laughs> Can you imagine? Wow, that's, I, I that's, mean, that's, that's, that's a great locker room. I, I great grew, locker, locker space. Right. I grew up watching Walter Payton, and here he'd been 12 years in the league, and I was a 12-year-old kid watching him for a decade, and suddenly here I am next to him. This guy treated me. I hugged him when I met him. He didn't know me from Adam, and I hugged him when I met him. And he's like, "Hey, hey, how you doing?" You know. And from that point forward, man, I built a relationship. Believe it or not, with Walter Payton, um, the man made a huge impact on me. Let me ask you this, though, right here at Beach, um, why is it so important to you that you help others? You know, the thing is, for one, it starts with my faith. You know, I, I'm a blessed individual. I had a, a phenomenal upbringing, a uh, family who, who loved God and loved Christ. So that's where it starts at. Yep. And then, you know, when I was a kid, my parents used to say all the time, charity starts at home and spreads abroad. Um, and, you know, I had parents who, who wanted to serve and served, you know, our community where I was in Mahia. And uh, that was the, the, the foundation of where things have blossomed from. And it's just been, it's been cool to just go and serve and learn. Because as I've, you know, got into the league and, and, and you know, learned from people in that Pittsburgh locker room, I, 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 hate, I know y'all hate to hear me talk about that Pittsburgh locker room. <laughs> there were so many, you know, great people who taught me how, how to do this the right way, you know. Uh, you, yes. know you mentioned Walter Payton. You know, for me, walking into the Steelers locker room and seeing Troy Palomalu, you know, I, played, yep. I, I used him on the game when I played with the Steelers when I was a kid. And, and to see him and see how he served the community, see how Brett Kiesel and Heath Miller and – and, uh, and, Mar- and Max Starks, you know, how they serve the community, that taught me how to do it, you know. And it just blossomed from there, and it's, it's been something that I've been blessed to do in every market that we've been in. Awesome. Well, look, do we still harbor some bitterness over Super Bowl Forty Three? Sure. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but, but we can all recognize the greatness of the Steelers over the decades. I mean, Wolf, you might not know, Kelvin, that Wolf's older brother was a I know, legend. I, I know, Wolf, yes, I know really well. Okay. So, I mean, you know, 
I think even from afar, I could say the Steelers know themselves some offensive line. Do they not? When they make Kelvin Beecham a seventh-round pick, and he yes. promptly starts 115 of his first 120 oh. games in the NFL, Stop they it. knew a little something about offensive line play and, oh, I don't know, quality human beings as well. And it, they, 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 they did all right. Yeah. Let me, let me just – honestly, I'd love to know, when you're done, Beach, I mean uh, – are you thinking coaching, or are you thinking like front office president? You know what I mean. Like, or, what do you th- what do you want to do when you're done, Beach? Because you're you're really that much of an impressive dude. My money's on CEO, by the way. Yes. Well, that you know, for for one, when I'm done, I have to be a better dad. I'm actually oh. doing baths and getting my daughter ready right now. That's the first thing that I got to be better at because I'm. I'm not as present as I want to be. I am not perfect. Um, and playing a game of football, you, you, you just don't get to be around your family a lot. So for me, that's the first thing that I got to get better at. That's the first thing that I got to do really well. Very cool. And then from there, I need to see, you know, uh, where my passions lie. And I think that's what's been cool about being able to serve people and learn during this process is you kind of get to see what you like and what you don't like. Mm-hmm. And what I like to do is I like to be around people. I like to invest in people. I like to see people grow and progress. And that can be done on the football field or it can be done in the boardroom. So uh, it's, it's still to be determined. But right now I'm really laying the foundation for what it could be and having options um, when it's over and done with. It's all about you, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert Kelvin Beach from the Cardinals starting right tackle, Walter Payne NFL Man of the Year 2021. When Michael Bidwell says he has the broadest range of different interests that I've seen of any player in my mm. career, quote-unquote. And then, Wolf, you know, I mean, we've heard about – and this is probably only tip of the iceberg, but we've heard about you know how Kelvin is so involved in education resources and ending hunger and access to clean water mm-hmm. and closing the digital divide and and now with my cause my cleats the arts and you must have a pretty robust natural curiosity for life, do you not, Kelvin? Without question, I mean I think that that's the only way that you continue to grow. You know I got a a ninety five year old grandfather who's still willing to learn and willing to explore and willing to be curious. Wow. He's blind and he's learning how to work on an iPhone. You know, he still want to push himself with, with how he's been able to read and, and understand Braille. Um, he still wants to go fish and use the new, the new fishing kits that are out, out on the market. So <laughs> to see somebody like that, that that's continuing to push themselves at 95, you know, I've got to be able to push myself because at, at 95, I still want to be learning like that. You know, so again, I've, I've been – I've been blessed to have just phenomenal resources around me that show me that you have to do more to, to keep your mind sharp. And then we all know, you know, a lot of the issues that are happening with ball players, and you know what's going on mentally. And I think we have to find a way to continue to 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 mature our minds, to shape our minds, to push ourselves mentally, to keep our minds sharp and our brain sharp. So I think it's 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 a it's, it's a you know it's a multi-pronged approach that I'm taking, you know, one, yes, I'm being curious, but I'm also thinking about, you know, what's real and what comes with the game of football. And it starts with the mentality and it starts with your mind. And if you're willing to put the time and effort into to making that mind better, I think over the long haul, it's just going to be better for, for me personally. Uh, I'm going to be a, a better husband. I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to be around. Um, and I'll make sure that, you know, I'm actually engaged, which I think, you know, for a lot of ball players, once you're done, you just want to be engaged. You want to find a way to make sure that, you know, you're doing something that you love. Um, and, you know, you're not just sitting around just just soaking it all in and just not living life. I want to continue to live life. I want to continue to discover. And I think that's what's so special about 
what I'm doing and, and how I'm doing it and who I'm doing it with. And I got to really shout out all the partners that I've had, you know, Donors Shoes, Feeding America, uh, World Vision, um, you know, have been doing some things with Microsoft, you know. Um, so it's just cool to be able to do it with people who, who want to see me do well and, and want to partner and collaborate. Lowe's, Lowe's Home Team, which has been cool to do that here in Arizona. So, um, you know, a huge shout out to people who believe in me and people who, who want to see me succeed and, and also see my vision and also see my curiosity and want to be able to fuel that curiosity. Beach, this is so weird, I have to tell you, because I sat in that locker next to Walter Payton for the next two years, as a matter of fact. Had the opportunity to be there with him for two years, but that first year in particular, I peppered him with questions every day, every day, talking to him, right? And you sound like Walter Payton. You talk about the things wow. that Walter talked to. I, I kid you not, it wow. truly is an incredible thing to hear. You know who else he reminds me of is is Larry Fitzgerald. And, yeah, yeah. And, and I bring that up also because you have a campaign manager for Pro Bowl voting, and his name is Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> Him and his 2.2 million That's followers right. on Twitter, he just tweeted out today, in fact, right? Voting closes tomorrow. Maybe this is yesterday. Let's get my guy Kelvin Beecham to the Pro Bowl. And he even threw in a chance to win a football signed by me. <laughs> so Larry's conducting his own contest for a signed football on your behalf, Kelvin. Me, me and Larry have a have a phenomenal relationship. It's been it's, it's almost like we're long lost brothers, you know. Um, I didn't know him when I came into the league. He didn't know me. We happen to have the same masseuse. He's had the same masseuse, uh, massage therapist his entire career, and I started using her in 2014. And she was like, Kelvin, you need to meet this guy, Larry Fitzgerald. And I was like, I've heard about him, but he's not gonna have time for me. And she says this every year during the. Um, <laughs> During the you know during the off season when I'm out here because I try, I always trained out here but she was like you need to meet Larry Fitzgerald I'm like ah he don't have time for me and I get here and it's like we we're inseparable like my <laughs> wife can't stand when she when she when he calls you know um, it, it's you know if she sees Larry on the phone she oh. just leaves the room like because <laughs> yeah, awesome, we get on man. the phone yeah we get on the phone we start hackling I mean it's it's, it's a phenomenal relationship my kids love him. Um, make my my son calls him Mr. Larrier, <laughs> but it's a, it's a it's a it's a really good relationship. I have a lot of respect for him. Well, I mean, you're going to end up like Larry because Larry's currently sitting on the board of directors for Dick's Sporting Goods. So that that that's that's you know, I'm, I'm just I just I see a lot of similarity. But yeah. speaking of Pro Bowl, what would that mean to you? Because you've been near the top of the fan voting pretty much this whole process. What would that mean to you personally? Personally, I think it's a testament to if you work hard and you grind over an extended amount of time, things will work out for you, you know. Um, and I took the long route, and I have no problem with taking the long route, you know. Um, I'm, I'm glad where I was drafted. I, I, I hold that near and dear to my heart. Um, but I think it, it, it's, it's a testament to if you're willing to put the work in over time, you will get to where you need to get to um, at the right time. And, you know, maybe this year is the right time. If it's not, I'm still going to keep working. But I think it's a testament to, to just being able to put in the work for a long time. But I will say this more than anything, what matters to me the most, and I've always said this, is the respect of my peers. Mm. If you play the game and you gain the respect of your peers, that's all that matters. Sometimes it's presented in a Pro Bowl, sometimes it's not. But yeah. for me, the goal has always been to gain the respect of my peers, offensive linemen and defensive linemen. If you gain the respect of people in the trenches, you, you've done your job. You've, 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 you've accomplished something because to win the hearts and minds of, of, of people who battle against you and battle with you is something that nobody can ever take away from you.
Man, that is incredible right there. The well-met handshake, right, Beach? Meeting a guy, yeah, meeting a guy that you played against and and maybe even went at it with, and yet at at the end of the day, right, or if you see him in the offseason, you get that well-met handshake. That is is very, very cool, man. Well, I tell you what, we're going to come back because um, there's plenty more to talk about, like what's front burner with this team and where they are in the NFC, a win, and they are into the playoffs, but what does the old line look like minus their center? What does the offense look like minus the number one receiver? How is this Cardinals team going to respond after the bright lights of Monday night? And then you have the road record, which is historically good. 7-0, Ron Wolfley, every win by double digits, and you're looking to do exactly that and rebound when you go into Motown this weekend. We continue. Kelvin Beecham, our guest. It is the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Gun takes the shotgun snap, stands, looks, now backs up, goes off his back foot, one-handed catch, Connor over the middle of the 10, inside the 10 and down to the five-yard line for an 18-yard game. What a grab, he does it in back-to-back weeks with one-handed catches. Go, go, Gadget, stab the pig. They run Connor up the middle, he's stuffed, but he breaks a tackle and gets into the end zone for a touchdown. James Connor continues to be one of the best free agent signings maybe ever for the Cardinals. They're going to go Wildcat. Jonathan Ward in the backfield with Connor, who takes the snap. Connor runs left. He's down to the five. He keeps the feet moving. James Connor is into the end zone for the touchdown. How about number two in the NFL, both in total touchdowns and rushing touchdowns, gentlemen? 16 total touchdowns, 14 on the ground. If he isn't jack-stopping defenders and moving the pile, he's making one-handed catches. That's two games in a row. And I'll tell you what, I've been saying for a while, as Kelvin Beecham is our guest on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. And, Kelvin, you can tell me flat out, true or false, my contention is he's not just a playmaker, James Conner. He's a mentality. Just the way he's rubbed off on everyone, it just seems to be contagious, what he calls his brand of bully ball. True. Yeah, I mean, can you, you know, Chase Edmonds, Wolf, remember Chase Edmonds told us it was in August about how, and after he had seen James Conner, just even in camp, and he said, you know what, it seemed like last season, third and one, third and two was more difficult than third and four, third and five. Now you bring in James Conner. I mean, Kelvin, you tell us, I mean, what a pleasure to have a guy like that in those short yardage situations, I would presume. It's amazing to have him because you know that he's going to find a way to take one with them. And the thing is, and sometimes, and I don't know if people realize this, is you can have the scheme to have everybody blocked up, but there may be somebody that's not blocked. That's not blocked. You know, you have a quarterback. You have 11 people on the field. The quarterback isn't blocking. The quarterback is handing the ball off. And more times than not, there may be a safety, maybe a linebacker. Um, you know, when we run our read schemes, there may be an a, a edge defender. And he takes them with him. He makes you feel it. And what's, what's interesting about James is the more you feed him over the game, the more you see the, the, the DBs and the safeties and the corners and some of the linebackers not willing to touch him anymore. They just don't want to see him anymore. They don't want to meet him in a hole anymore. And it's a beautiful thing to see. So, Beach, Monday Night Football, of course, you lose to the Rams here. Um, how should players process 
this loss, in your opinion? How do you process it? You know, for one, you realize what 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 did you not do right? What did you like, or what did we lack execution? Um, you know, I think that we had enough energy to play the game. I think we came out with our minds ready to play, but at the end of the day, it comes down to execution. Uh, execution in the red zone, which mm-hmm. offensively we didn't handle. We cannot turn the ball over in the red zone. Uh, you just can't afford it. You can't miss points in the red zone. Um, you know, misplays in the red zone. We had opportunity to to cash it on fourth and two in the red zone and, and keep a drive going. Like we had to make those plays. Um, I had a coach that told me one time, eight players have to play a ball when it matters. And as an offense, we didn't play a plus football Monday night consistently throughout the game. And we put up points, we moved the ball, we didn't play, um, but once I think during that game, but the execution consistently in and out of situational football, we did not handle those things correctly. Um, and we didn't earn the right to win that game Sunday night or Monday night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a playoff caliber team. Um, we're going to meet other playoff caliber teams as, as we get ready to make this push into the playoffs. And we got to execute better. It's as simple as that. It's that accountability you hear with this year's team, Wolf. You know, yeah. it's evident in the way Kelvin's speaking right now. And, and what Zach Allen had to say after the game. I mean, the sky's not falling. We're 10-3, and three, obviously, but we can't just hide behind what we've done in the past. You know, it's December football, so we got to step up to the challenge. I, I, that resonated with me, Kelvin. You know, we can't hide be, behind what we've done in the past. And, and I wonder, is that Zach, is that his way of reminding the locker room that that might have happened a year ago after the 6-3 and three start? It was you did. Um, you know, future success isn't guaranteed off of past performances. Um, and that's used within the the, uh, the the investment world quite a bit. You can't you can't judge future success off of past performances. You better have you might have had great great past performances, but that doesn't that doesn't guarantee future success. Every week we have to be one and zero. Every week we have to think about executing against that nameless opponent, whoever that is. It doesn't matter who it is. We have to find a way to execute against that opponent. Um, and the message to the locker room is we got to get back to that. It doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter who's across the ball. Doesn't matter who's playing. We have to find a way to execute, win in, in critical situations, win in situational football, and know how to handle those situations and thrive in those situations. And more times than not, we've done that, but that doesn't guarantee future success. So we have to, you know, we've talked about it this week. We're excited to get back on the field because anytime you have a game like that, you can't wait till the next game comes back. Yeah. And we're excited to get back on the field and get that bad taste out of the mouth. Beach, again, honestly, I love the fact you guys are myopic in your approach. 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. Hear it all the time. Even if you lose, 0-1. It, it really is a week-to-week proposition with you guys. I think it's one of the things that makes you special this year, and I think we're all reaping the rewards, so to speak, from that. Let me Let me say this right here. Um, in regard to DeAndre Hopkins, how do you replace a guy that is that impactful to your offense? You don't replace him. You don't replace him. We're not going to sit here and say you, you, we, we have somebody to replace D-Hop. Uh, it's just not possible. Is yep. a possible you know, Hall of Famer. You don't replace that. However, what you do in those situations is you have somebody and we move some pieces around to put us as an offense in the best situation to be successful. And Cliff has done that throughout the year. And we've had people who have been missing throughout the year. Uh, D-Hop has missed some games. Kyle has missed some games. Um, offensive line, I've missed some games. Um, you know, Pew has missed some games. Starters have missed some games. Chase Edmonds, who is one of our future backs, has missed some games. I mean, we, 
we can't. I mean, think about James and, and, and Chase back in the backfield together. Mm. You know, um, so we we've we've had to find a way to, to manage when people have not you know been you know been playing. I mean, we had a game where we didn't have our head coach uh, in, in, in Cliff against Cleveland. You know, you just have to find a way for somebody, and everybody has to just do their job. When your number is called, make a play. Whether it's Tweezy, who's going to be up this week, um, or if it's you know Rondell, who's getting some 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 extra touches. No matter what, if it's Ertz, we're going to Ertz more. We're going to AJ more. We're going to to to, to, to Captain Kirk more. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter. Or James getting more touches, chases back. You know, we got Eno and we got you know Jonathan Ward back. I mean, we 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 have it's a team, and that's what I want to get to. It's a team. It's a team effort. It's teams that win championships, and you know we're missing some key pieces. We're missing you know JJ on the defensive side. We got to find a way to get it done. And no matter who's in there, when your time is called and when your number is called to make a play, you got to make a play. And that's what's expected of you, nothing less. When your number is called, whoever it may be, when you got to man up and make a play, it's time for you to man up and make a play. Right tackle, Kelvin Beecham, our guest in the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Look, it's going to be different. Cliff Kingsbury's been honest. He sees different coverages. He has to call different plays minus D-Hop. So we'll see how they adjust accordingly. There's another name that you guys have had to play without, Rodney Hudson. And guess what? He's on the COVID list. If you're without Rodney Hudson, right, your anchor uh, in your center of that offensive line, what does that mean for you guys in that room? Yeah. You know, the thing is we've had to battle uh, in the offensive line room. I think we've had four different combinations at right tackle, uh, three or four different combinations at right guard, three different combinations at left guard, three different combinations at, 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 uh, at center. Uh, DJ Humphrey, who deserves to be in the Pro Bowl, uh, has been the only steady offensive lineman that has played every single snap this year. Um, but we've had to find a way to manage across the offensive line, and Max is going to step up for us and do a phenomenal job. Uh, he's played center for us before. Um, Harlow has played center for us before. So whoever's number is called to play center, they're going to find a way to get it done. And they've done it before. Uh, when Rodney was out, and, and, and we know that they can do it again if, if their numbers caught up on. You know, it's so but interesting. That, but I'm, but I'm, I'm being honest with you. That For me, as, a, as, a, as an offensive lineman, that's the bigger hit. Uh, is, is For me, is Rodney versus, versus D-Hop. Now, you can't, you can't replace, <laughs> you know, uh, a receiver, but to, to replace, uh, you know, uh, all-pro at center, I mean, that, that, that's, the, that's the anchor of, of this unit, in my opinion. But we know that we can get it done because we've done it before. You know, Cliff Kingsbury, I think, has really grown an awful lot here. We all know how smart he is. We all know that he's humble. I love the fact he's got a modicum of humility about him. But you know what I like this year? He's got a little something-something dripping out of the side of his neck, Beach. He's, he's got a little more intensity this year than what he's had in the past. Can you talk about the development of Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach? You know, it's been cool to see it. You know, it's been cool to see how he comes in, and usually I try to meet him in the, 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 the hot tub area. They're going to sign in the steam room back in there, and I try to meet him about around 5.30 before he gets to, to, to doing what he's doing. But it's been cool just to see how he's moving, how he walks around the building, how he motivates, how he talks to, 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 to guys around the locker room, um, how he sees what he did in his first two years, and he applies that to year three, and he's like, oh, I, I did that wrong mm-hmm. in, year, in year one and two. And he would tell us that. Yep. Hey, I didn't do this right last year. I didn't treat y'all, I didn't treat y'all this way last year. And I want to I do a better job this year. Um, and I think he's really maturing in that particular fashion and being able to communicate. And the thing is that we're grown men. 
And I think as grown men, when you mess up or you say you did something wrong, you admit it. And I yes. think when you're in a locker room with other when you're in a locker room with other grown men, to hear Cliff say, Hey fellas, I messed up. I didn't call the game the right way. I didn't put you in the best position right here. I didn't, you know, take care of y'all's body, you know, in, in the best way, you know, uh, in this particular, this particular instance. I want to do a better job here. When you hear that type of humility and that type of ownership and that type of accountability from your head coach, it's easy to hold teammates accountable because the head coach is holding himself accountable, you know. So it's, it's been cool to see that, that, that side of Cliff. And I'm going to tell you this. Uh, the, the the intensity that you talk about dripping out of the side of his neck is an understatement. To hear him uh, after after a touchdown on the sideline and, and, and the way he's pacing up and down the sideline, it is a beautiful sight to see. So it is great to see the intensity that he has, the, the chip on his shoulder. Um, he, he has his dog mentality. He's not a big guy at all. But he's one of those guys I wouldn't mind being in a bar fight with. <laughs> <laughs> I th- it was the first half at Tennessee, and his intensity was off the hook. And I'm like, wow, this is yes. a different guy than the first two years. Just watching it, and, you know, I couldn't hear anything he was saying. Just watching him, the demeanor. It's um, and, yes, and you're right. Yes. You know, all of a sudden, like on the sideline, a lot, I, Calvin, I see players holding players accountable. The teammates are the bad cop. The assistant coaches are the good cop. It's, I know, right? <laughs> it's intriguing to watch that, and that's been an evolution. And it has you guys on the doorstep of the playoffs. You win, and you're into the postseason. In fact, A.J. Green was asked today, listen to this, what would it mean for the Arizona Cardinals to clinch their first playoff spot since 2015? You know, that's the mindset. I don't think that's the goal. I think we, we our aspiration is more than just playing in the playoff. Um, I think we already know we can we can play in the playoffs um, and winning those playoff games. Um, so for us, it's just taking week by week, putting ourselves in the best position, and then you know play great football after the season and the postseason. That's that's the team who gets hot and gets on the roll. I like that. It's the mindset right now because that's the next box to check. But that's not the goal. Just to make yep. the playoffs. You know, what what do you sense? Give us a quick psychoanalysis of this team. How mentally tough is this team and what is the upside on this team, Kelvin? I, I think this is a very resilient team. Um, this is a growth mindset type of team. We're always chasing to get better. We're always chasing perfection. We're always chasing to be better than we were last week. Um, and I think that's something special about it. Um, but I also feel in this locker room, you have people who want to see others execute. Hearing AJ, A.J. comes into practice every single day. I mean, this is your 10 or 11 form. And practice is just like he's in year one or two, you know, flying around. That type of that type of energy is the type of energy that you want out of a playoff caliber team. And I feel we have a playoff caliber team. But in this league, it's all about how you show up Sunday after Sunday, week in, week out, play in, play out, in and out, in, you know, quarter in, quarter out. Like, we, we have to find a way, and we are going to find a way to continue to push ourselves to be the best version of ourselves week in and week out. And, and, and AJ said the best, you know, making the playoffs this is to go. We, we have much, much bigger aspirations. But this is one thing that we have to check off, and hopefully we can, we can check a number of things before, uh, you know, before the end of February. Beach, you are the best, man. Thank you so much, my brother, for joining us here tonight. And congratulations on winning the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. That's a huge deal, man. God bless you, bro. 
Kelvin, when Roger Goodell retires in five to ten years in the year of the NFL commissioner, <laughs> yes. please remember us, okay? Maybe you can put us as head VPs of your broadcast division hey, there on Park Avenue. You're going to a walk-around guy. You know what I mean, <laughs> Beach? Right. Okay, brother. Thank you, man. Thank, thank you, yeah, Kelvin. Thank you. Have a good night. There you go. Your Arizona Cardinals 2021 Walter Payton, man of the year, a guy who's right there atop the voting in the NFC as a Pro Bowl tackle and obviously one of the team leaders. You heard it for yourself here on the Big Red Rage. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up. And where exactly is this team headed? We know they're going to Motown, but wait a minute. Where are they headed overall? It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. something in the face of a big rush he found Roy Green who beat his man for the touchdown it was Jerry Woods defending on the play great job of knowing the blitz is coming by the two safeties right up the middle Wolfley picks up one and Hogaboom just does a super job of laying this one out for Roy Green Mr. Reliable in the end zone now Wolf did Roy Green come over and give you that ball for (laughs) picking or executing the key block that allowed the quarterback to stay in the pocket and get him the football in the end zone no he did not Paulie but I remember that play I kid you not I remember the fact that I buried that dude I'm just telling you, Paul, you know I've got hammered many, many times, and I was the guy who got buried on the field many, many times. That time, it won me, bruh. Well, uh, our Jim Omohundro picking out that highlight there from September 10th of, wait a minute, yes, it was uh, it was way back in 1989, actually, okay? It was 1989, and I'm looking here, and uh, the Cardinals got the win at the Pontiac Silverdome, 16 16- <laughs> 13. How about that? I tell you what, uh, I covered many a game at the Silverdome. That turf, uh, true or false, was like concrete. It was the worst. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Bully. That was absolutely the worst. But the Vets, still, Veterans Stadium, that was the absolute worst. So the Cardinals playing the Lions means this is the 18th time in the last 23 years the two teams have met. I mean, they're division foes, and they don't even know it. Nine times in the last 10 years. And here's the thing you may not realize as well. The Cardinals are winless against the Lions in the last four meetings. Detroit is 3-0-1 against the Cardinals. Of course, we all remember the first game of the Cliff and Kyler era. It was that tie against Matt Patricia and the Lions. Now Jared Goff is the quarterback. And and you're minus uh, you know, D-hop, and, and you're going into this one. And Kelvin Beecham had a lot of great things to say, sort of like Vance Joseph today, and what he said about coming off the loss against the Rams, and I'm quoting here. This is Vance Joseph, the Cardinals' defensive coordinator. I think Monday night football for our entire team was a taste of what the playoffs are going to be like. It's intense. Your margin for error it goes down to none, end quote. Vance Joseph. Would you agree with that? That was sort of a yes. harbinger of what a playoff game would be akin to. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Bully. That was the biggest game of the season. And guess what? They're going to start getting bigger. Bigger and bigger and bigger. Every game. we got four games left right now. The Cardinals still are in the catbird seat, for the most part, in terms of winning the division. I think that's important. But it's not like the number one seed has gone away, either. It is not. This is the National Football League. Listen, it's going to be 
hard, but there's going to be teams out there that are going to lose to teams that aren't as good as they are. Maybe it's the Arizona Cardinals down the stretch. Maybe it's the Rams. Maybe it's somebody. Maybe it's the Packers as well. Listen, this is the National Football League, and it is a tough proposition every Sunday. So having said that, they're still in this thing to win the number one seed. Do you have any theories on Larry Fitzgerald, by the way, Wolf? We saw him tweeting about Kelvin Beecham. I mean, you know, what what are oh you thinking goodness. here? I mean, there, there's no chance, right? <laughs> I know, Paulie. You know what, honestly, would I love to see it? Yes. No. <laughs> would I love to see him come back? You better believe it. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think he retired. I think he's done. I hope I'm wrong. But I, I think he's done, Paulie, for the most part. And yet at the same time, um, I would love to see it. Would you? Well, sure. It'd be a great storyline. I, I don't know how much of a distraction it would be. Obviously, it would be a certified full-blown circus, so they'd have to manage that. <laughs> but I tell you what, with the COVID protocols, yeah. it's not like the media's in the locker room. Paulie. So they could shield him, okay? Yeah. Here's the problem. He's not an outside receiver. That, that no. He's just not a great fit. No, I, I understand that, but it's Larry Fitzgerald. If, I, if I'm Steve Keim, I'm calling him, and the one question is, are you in shape? I, I mean, how long would it take you to get in shape? Are you in shape or are you not? Um, you know, once again, listen, um, I think that's probably more sentimental than reality, but I would love to see it. Nobody's better in the playoffs. He has that going <laughs> I mean, for him. What, what if Larry, like, put on a lot of weight? He's got a beer gut. He's been hitting a lot of drive throughs <laughs> That's yeah. why I'm asking him. It's the yeah. first question. Listen, yeah. are you in shape? Yeah. What kind of shape are you in? Special thanks, Kelvin Beecham. What an absolute pleasure tonight. Jim Omohundro, Jeff Darch, thank you. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Number one, Kyler You've been listening to the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.